Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta. Our co-host, Salam Noor, is in studio today, and we have a very special guest whom I will introduce. Uh, but as always, we're downtown in Salem, Oregon, and Salem is home to Groundwork Leadership Institute, which we started a couple of years ago. And the intent was to create conditions for transformational change in our community. And we know how important leaders are in any change effort. And so we bring leaders from all sectors together. We learn, we grow, we build relationships, and we do our best to improve. And so, I, again, I want to get right into our, our episode. We have a returning guest today, Kay Hazen, and uh, I'll allow her to do a brief intro of herself uh, again. But uh, episode 16, uh, if you want to go back and listen, we had Kay uh, with us on the phone at that time because that was kind of heat of, well, right in the middle of pandemic. So, uh, and she was actually in California. So, uh, but go back and listen to that. I encourage you. We're going to talk about similar concepts that we started in in that episode, but we heard a lot of Kay's background and history. Um, and so go back, listen to that, but we're going to jump right into leadership brand, which is what we discussed in that episode. feels like a long time ago, uh, and we're going to discuss that again. So with that, uh, Salam again, thanks for being in studio. Kay, thanks Hi, for Chris. joining us. Pleasure. Yeah, we're on the cusp of our final month of this year's uh, cohort, cohort in yep. November. We're going to go meet with them right after this. And you're going to spend a whole day with them and, and share all sorts of wonderful insight like you did last year. And I'm looking forward to it. But uh, go ahead and do a brief intro just for those that are not going to go back and watch or listen, excuse me, listen to episode 16. Right. Well, my basically what I'm doing currently is I have a company, a public affairs company. I do strategic uh, communications and planning and crisis management and, and um, support for uh, leaders and organizations who um, are seeking uh, focus um, and um, m- m- turning their intentions into reality. That's basically what, I, uh, what I'm doing. And I'm based in Palm Springs. I have a little outlet office in um, um, Central California and the Carmel area as well. So um, happy to be here and um, good to see your smiling faces. Yeah, it's fun to, yes. to be here in person. And uh Intentions into reality, right? That is, you mentioned to me just this morning. That's, that's your my brand. That's your brand. Uh, and I will say, just to listeners, Kay was one of our, I don't know what we would say, uh, leader fan favorites of uh, of our of our <laughs> sessions last yes. year. We still have leaders from last year's cohort uh, that talk about it. Uh, wow! And so it was. It left a, a quite an impression on them. Um, so just appreciate your your contribution to our leadership institute in that way. Uh, but let's let's jump right into brand. Yeah, just as an overview of why you use that term with leadership, and why it has power. I asked you when we were just filming right before this, um, a recap video. Uh, I asked you, you know, what's the power behind it? Why does it resonate for people? Um, and how does it help get to the core of the conversation quickly? Can you address that? Sure. Um, when you think about leadership and some of the hallmark principles of leadership, including consistency and clarity, which is the, the two that I'm highlighting in the, in the session today, it really is the, the commonality between leadership and uh, brand principles that draws me to make that connection um, a more clear and a fundamental nature of the presentation today to use something that people are familiar with brands that we're exposed to um, each and every day and over long periods of time. 
And, and so when we understand why we relate to a brand and why we're drawn to it and why we uh, uh, relate to it in whatever way, functionally, aesthetically, uh, from a service point of view, um, and begin to understand the elements behind uh, putting a successful brand together, it helps us understand how we can use those very same principles uh, from branding uh, to uh, develop our own leadership brand and strengthen it and uh, become a more successful leader. I was curious, um, why is it important for leaders to have a brand? You have a brand whether you are conscious of it or not. <laughs> whether you like it or not. Uh, y- your brand mm. is known to you. Uh, your brand is what people say and think when you leave the room. And if it's not intentional, then you're losing the opportunity to uh, be an effective leader. So like a brand, uh, a brand um, is a promise. And um, a great brand is a promise fulfilled. Similarly, you have a leadership promise. And to be a successful leader, it's fulfilling that promise. And if you think about it that way, it makes logical sense. And when you relate it to a brand in your own mind and some of the brands that you're familiar with, it becomes easier for you to apply those very same principles and um, understand how they manifest and influence you. Yeah. So, uh, and Chris, I'm going to, I know you have a question, but I want to continue this train of thought. So knowing your brand means you know who you are as a leader and how your leadership manifests itself in the room and in general. So why is that important relative to this idea of consistency and clarity? Uh, the, the, because it all comes back to your promise, the promise okay. that you're making as a leader and the expectation that you're given as you're, from your organization or your church or your school or your corporate entity or your, um, or your nonprofit. It, it, they all come to you with an expectation. And you, as the individual, have to take your personal belief system and your personal characteristics and your attributes and balance those with that expectation in the role that you agree to play. And then you align your, your personal belief system and your corporate belief system together to create your leadership brand. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and at the core of it, it sounds like uh, going back to the statement that you made um, early on, Kay, turning intentions to reality at the core of it is intentionality. So it can't happen by accident. It can't happen by, hap- you know, um, happenstance. It, there is intentionality behind leading and defining your leadership. If you want to be successful. Okay. Now, if success is not you know, part of your uh, desired state, then you can be unintentional and see where it goes okay. uh, and coincidental and hope something happens. Yeah, but yes. that isn't going to last for long. Right. And oftentimes you see, you uh, we've all uh, experienced in the workplace, especially um, an ineffective leader. Mm-hmm. Usually it comes with some of those principles missing. Right. right. Lack of consistency, a lack of clarity, mm-hmm. lack of sense of purpose all over the place, a walking inconsistency. Thank you. Yeah, no, uh, I was curious about this as well. And Salam, I was just telling you yesterday about some of the research I'm doing right now with the 
the passive and active active leadership, the differences between the two. And so I wanted to ask, would you call, could we call, we'll say, the leader that isn't intentional about it, you know, that's not fully aware of how people feel when they leave the room as a passive leader? Yes. Yeah, just pa- passively kind of going through the motions. Uh, and I don't think many leaders wake up in the morning saying, I'm going to be a very passive leader today. That's the sort of leader I'm going to be. But I think we we can subtly fall into it because the absence of intentionality. It's not like we're we're trying to be passive. It's just passiveness perhaps is the absence of being intentional. It's That's the right. absence of being active. Um, and I, so I love that idea that when we're trying to be a, an intentional leader, we're, we're purposeful in what we're saying, what we're doing, how people, what, how we want people to feel. Uh, I think that that's just, that's a, a, a brilliant way to see, see leadership. Well, and it's, it's a part of the foundational elements of the groundwork program as I've reviewed it is that's what, that's what drew me to put it together this way for the, these presentations is because the, the intention is, is all about purpose. And in branding and in a, a successful brand, authenticity is one of the key elements, which is purpose Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, le- for when you would turn it into a leadership principle. Mm-hmm. So authenticity and purpose is at the center of creating the co- type of mm-hmm. leader mm-hmm. that you want to be. Yeah. Okay. How, how do you, um, or I would, I would, I think the question, excuse me, the question is, what would you say to leaders relative to their brand during disruptions? So the pandemic has been a, a tremendous disruption in all facets of life, if you will. So if you're leading a nonprofit, a corporate entity, or whatever organization, this has been a tremendous disruption. And, and we could say it also affects our brand potentially. So what advice would you have for leaders in terms of managing their brand during times of crisis mm-hmm. using the pandemic as an example? Well, it, it really um, comes back to purpose so, uh, and authenticity and, and consistency and clarity. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about the disruption as a perfect example of either rising to the occasion or shrinking from it, if you go back to purpose and your purpose is strong and you're, and you're genuine about how you approach the questions that come before you and how you act, what you say and what you do become heightened mm-hmm. elements of leadership. And communication, which is part of that triad, consistency and clarity in communications, clearly is a failure in, across the board in the in the pandemic and continues to this day this inconsistent communication with regard to masks and um, and depending on what area that you you live you know um, uh, where I live uh, one of the nine cities is it was hyper diligent mm-hmm. about um, uh, precautions none of the other eight cities so if you're in Palm Springs you have to wear a mask everywhere and still. Mm-hmm. If you're in any of the eight um, contiguous cities, not so. So imagine how inconsistent that is for a visitor right. to try and figure that out. And so that is an impact on that Coachella Valley white brand, right. for right. sure, f- from the visitor perspective. So you have to, as a leader, try and balance you know, that personal belief system, the public health 
mandates, the national news that you're watching every day, all in many respects inconsistent mm-hmm. across the board. And so the first hallmark is from an effective leadership to me is admit you don't know everything. Admit, yeah. tell the truth. Yeah. And that ought to be one of your either personal and professional um, uh, personality mm-hmm. and leadership brand traits. Yeah. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. Tell If you don't know, I don't know. Until we know more, this is what we're going to do. Right. That's, that is a, a not certainty, mm-hmm. but clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting, Chris, because this uh, fits into this notion that you just described earlier in terms of being passive or active. So if you're a passive leader, might not do anything. You, you might, might not, not say do anything, anything and yeah. just wait for the, the, the storm to pass. But if you're active, you get in front of it. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to this analogy. I think I've probably shared it a dozen times since I heard it and on one of our recent episodes. But uh, I was at this event uh, a couple of weeks ago and there was this presentation and they had this nice picture of bison up on the, the screen. And I didn't know this, but bison, uh, when there's a storm coming, they don't run from it. They actually go right into the storm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It's pretty, pretty cool. Is naturally they know that if I go into the storm, that they're going to, that's the quickest way out of it. Uh, and I love that analogy of seeing, you know, kind of having that long view, seeing it, it has, again, I think it connects to having a deep understanding of what your why is so right. that you can make that decision of going into the storm, but there's intentionality there. Um, they're not purpose. running from it. Yeah. There's purpose. They're not just, they're not sitting there. They, they go right into it. So I think that speaks to to what you just mentioned and, and kind of owning it. It's not going to be easy. You know, storm's going to be pretty hard and we're the first to go into it, but we're going to go into it. And I'll tell you what I know. And I'll let you know when I have more information. Mm-hmm. And then you do that. Yeah. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And pretty soon that consistency be, builds trust and and takes at least an element of the fear and insecurity right. yeah. away. Yeah, I have a question. Well, it's a thought, and I'm going to try to formulate it into a question, <laughs> but I'm working through it in the moment, so bear with me. But you said something about um, what you say and what you do is so important as, as, as a leader. And I was reading something the other day in Maxwell's Leadership Every Day little book, and he started talking about in one of the pages of, uh, I'm behind, so I'm like a month behind, but it was about, you know, leaders ought to be careful with what they say and do. But they they need to be more careful with what they think because one day it's gonna be it's gonna come out of their mouth or it's gonna come out in an action. And I think a lot of leaders struggle with that. They might have a certain belief, but perhaps they feel pressures to say certain things or do certain mm. things. And there's this interplay and this conflict of what they really believe and what they really are thinking and versus what they're actually saying. And I think one day it catches up. And that's really hard to manage. So it speaks to what you were talking mm-hmm. about of just being transparent and honest. But how do you navigate those tricky waters in a world where there's lots of pressures, there's crisis going on, um, there's political factors, there's all sorts of things at play? How do we, how do we, how, how are we, how do we be honest enough with ourselves, mm-hmm. and then let that be manifested with what we say and do? You know, I think it is uh, about intention. And, and so sometimes we get distracted by one or other of the elements, that, especially in a crisis. 
And if we think, if, if we challenge ourselves to think with intention, what am I trying to do? Mm. And I don't need to say everything about everything at that moment. I need to go back to intention and be clear about the intention. And then if you do that, it's much easier to honor that mm-hmm. along the way because it, that's, that's your plumb line. You know, um, you know how in construction you, you mm-hmm. drop that blue mm-hmm. line? Yeah. It's, it's just a really great illustration and visual to keep in mind. Go back to the plumb line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know everything, but I have all of this. Uh, maybe it's even conflicting information. And is that the moment to, to think about transparency mm-hmm. and to blurt out everything I know? Probably not, because you don't know enough. So maybe that's the moment to be intentional and say, I don't know, but I'm going to get the information that we need. And then I'll be back to you as soon as I'm able. Yeah. So you've, you, you could have said instead, everything's a mess. There's so many inconsistencies. I can't make head or tail of it. I don't know what to tell you. Well, transparent and condemning, right? but unnecessary. And in the process, the consequence of that, of making that, you know, unintentional calculation. Right. Right. Yep. Is is uh, has a great consequence that now you have to recover from the consequence. Yeah, and yeah. instead take a breath and think, mm-hmm. think, get more information, and yeah. then um, make a thoughtful ask why. Yeah, well, you know, we talked about that earlier yes, about why did. being being our shovel that digs deeper into our soil. But what what you've just done for us has shown us that. Being intentional, we should dig deeper with that. It's not just manifested behaviorally and, and what we do, but intentionality in our thinking. And we can have we can be intentional in our thinking and active in our thinking, or we can be passive and and just let those thoughts, you know, just let them come and let them sit there. And we don't really know what to do with them. That's just our thoughts, and maybe we blame it on that, uh, and we blame it on other other reasons why we have those beliefs or those thoughts. But if we're intentional, then we we face them head on. We kind of go into the into the storm. So I, I love that idea of intention, yeah. intentionality, even in our thinking. It's really yeah. helpful, and it, but it takes practice. And it, takes, it does take practice in different situations to be able to um, be comfortable with it, that it, uh, instead of trying to immediately come out with mm-hmm. that answer that is a short-term fix, intention asks you to have a long view with that process and to keep that in mind and to give yourself permission to seek additional information Mm -hmm. to to consult other sources to um ask for and and Mm -hmm. receive Mm -hmm. uh support to have that time you know to work it out and be intentional yeah i think in in um our groundwork rooted leadership framework we talk a lot about impact and quite often when we think of impact, we think of, of a tangible result or product. But I think impact in this particular context could be the same as intentions, which is if I blurt all of this information out without having all of the details, mm-hmm. I'm likely to have a negative impact on the people in the room or the message that I'm trying to convey so these things really go hand in hand, the why, the intention, 
and the impact. And sometimes we forget that our words have a huge impact. And what we say and how we say it and when we say it and where we say it can make a difference. Um, how, how would you advise leaders on, on measuring their impact? I mean, being intentional is really important. Mm -hmm. But do you think leaders think about the impact of their words? Um, we certainly see the impact of their actions and they affect us in certain ways. So how would you advise them to think about their impact relative to intentionality for sure? I think there are a variety of ways to uh, be intentional about your leadership and, and align your expectations both personally and professionally around what those impacts ought to be and what you're seeking. A lot of, and a lot of that, I, I believe, has to do with what state of leadership are you in? Are you in an entry state? Are you in a mid state? Are you in a legacy state? It changes yeah. necessarily. I have a whole different expectation about my um, leadership impact than I did 25 years ago. Totally different. I'm a different leader than I was. Yeah. I'm in a different role. And, it, and so my expectations about impact are different as well. And so you have to judge those. You have to, uh, to be intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, I do a lot more coaching now. Um, I've always been, as a leader, uh, a sponsor and a coach on an episodic kind of basis or with a team members or whenever I had the opportunity. Um, but now it's more intentional. Mm -hmm. Now those occasions um, are more intentional. Is that Yeah, I, I love the way you described it, especially because leadership is a continuum. It is. And as I reflect on my leadership of 20 years ago compared to today, um, I probably didn't think a lot about my impact, quite frankly, 20 years ago. You don't. And my impact was on getting the job done, on a result, an outcome. It mm -hmm. was transactional. Mm -hmm. But I think as I matured in my leadership, I really think about people more than I did back then. So I love this continuum that you described. And, um, and again, it brings me back to the passive and, and active because that has a lot of intentionality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots mm -hmm. to think about there. Thank you. Well, sure. I mean, I think everybody uh, goes through that. Mm -hmm. And if you're a young leader an, a, or an aspiring leader, you know, this is not probably the, um, the thinking of coaching and legacy kind of thoughts. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about projects and right. deliverables mm -hmm. and things like that. That's what I was thinking about when yeah. I was 25 years old. Um, I, uh, that's how I became. Right. Uh, that's how I opened up doors mm -hmm. to, um, uh, to become uh, a leader in a wide variety of other ways. Yeah. Being successful in that way. Then when you have a broad span of control, if you're uh, working in a school system and you've got multiple schools and multiple principals and multiple you know, expectations from the board and the community and the parents and and all of that, you have a much different um, uh, feeling about what your impact right. as a leader uh, should be. Yeah, yeah it grows. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to bring all of this back to the, the idea of, of brand, you know, because brand is, we talked about earlier, you know, it's a feeling. It's something that you experience. It's connected to tangibles. Um, but I'm really curious about 
when going back to the crisis, you know, when we're facing crisis, it's when probably our brand is most manifested, mm -hmm. most noticed. I mean, even even through the pandemic, the actual companies out there with strong brands made it through, you know, uh, they made it through the pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, and some, you know, that didn't kind of, you know, fell apart. Uh, but when is so we can keep talking about that theme, but I, I really am interested in when is when is rebrand appropriate? Mm, you know, interesting. Yeah. When is rebrand appropriate to where we're headed in the wrong direction or this isn't mm -hmm. what it, this is the impact isn't where, where we wanted it to be. We need to rebrand, you know, we yeah. need to reconsider our, our tactics, our strategy, because a lot of people had to pivot. And so what's the difference with just a pivot still maintaining our brand versus we need a rebrand? Yeah. Yeah. A total rebrand is really driven usually from either an external force, okay. something you don't control, or it's a, or, or an element of the internal workings and operation that requires a, a major change. And, and a complete shift in how, how we do business. So it's not the what that's changing, it's the how. Mm. That's cause for a rebrand. Um, you know, there's a great book called, uh, just out, called The Human Element. Mm. Fascinating, um, a fascinating study of a variety of brands and, and the things that cause them to um, succeed and fail, rebrand, and, and it, it makes a wonderful point about the value of research and listening. And it, great, some great stories in there about, you know, how the smallest element can, can pull the pins out of, you know, the, the, the most fabulous product, um, how it was delivered. They, they tell a great story in there about how a, a crisis center, a women's um, crisis center, um, was experiencing, um, they had everything, the best uh, location, the best uh, people, great, broad offering of services, and yet they couldn't get people to come in to it. And they had done their studies and their research and whatever, and so um, they set up a, uh, they did focus groups, and they set up um, a security camera, um, a new company came in and set up outdoor security cameras and they noticed in the security cameras when they were watching the number of people who walked up to the door and left and walked up to the door and left and never came in. And so they interviewed some of these people who walked up to the door and left and found out that the sign that was placed on the door that said no pets was an obstacle to mm -hmm. entry for a lot of the audience that they were trying to reach. Yeah. Just a a mm. flat no. Something simple like that mm -hmm. that you would never think of, but it was a light bulb that went on and they rebranded their and, and total new messaging, total new approach to embracing um uh, and and eliminating the obstacles. So sometimes it's about uh taking away the obstacles. Uh, to to your success and whatever it is that your offer is, but you have to understand your offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, I can't remember where I heard this. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but the person that was speaking was talking about similar components of getting rid of barriers, getting rid of obstacles. And they said, uh, you know, in order to get to what's real, we need to get to what's wrong first. And I think that for our framework and creating conditions for transformational change, 
that as leaders and as a community, we need to find out where our no pet signs are <laughs> in the community. It's true. Yeah. And, 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 and it could be seemingly harmless and probably good reasons behind why it's there, but regardless, there's a yeah. no pet sign. And so where, where are our no pet signs in our leadership? Where are the no our, pet signs right, that right. you're taking for granted and yeah. that you haven't, and you've done all the work mm -hmm. and it's something like that, that is the human element. Right. And um, and never to miss, you know, the human element. I yeah. know in um, enrollment, when schools are looking to build enrollment, oftentimes they they interview all the people who um, who failed to re-enroll, especially mm -hmm. after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the colleges and community colleges are looking for, you know, uh, they, they lost a third of their enrollment. They're trying yeah. to figure out how to get mm -hmm. it back. And and it's coming back slowly. Right. So they interview, you know, the the people who. Um, haven't were enrolled and haven't re-enrolled instead of interviewing and asking the people who did. Yes. It's a fascinating difference mm -hmm. in your frame of mind. So do you want to ask the people who chose not to and what all those obstacles will and not ask the people for whom, right. you know, they right. yeah. overcame the obstacle, you know, yeah. why? Why? Mm -hmm. It's it it's it's a fascinating yeah. look. So this is really maybe it's an oversimplification, but um, just like commercial brands need to be refreshed, right? Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that our brand as leaders also needs to be refreshed, re-examined, because our brand at at some time during our leadership journey can become the no pet sign, can become a barrier. That's right. And we may not be fully aware of it. So this sense of intentionality and purpose is something that we just can't take for granted. We have to always revisit our brand. I think about the workplace today, and I think about somebody that's been a leader in, in whatever profession for a long time, and they're facing um, you know, shortage issues, turnovers, trying to convince the workforce to come back into the workplace. Uh, they're facing challenges that they've never encountered before. They have to adapt, right? I mean, they have to really think about their brand. And we see this actually in the workplace where there is now multiple generations. They're multi-generational workplaces. But the leader could really appeal to a certain generation, but and his or her brand could be perfect for that generation. So how do they need to adapt and, and consider their brand to appeal to everybody, let's say, but stay true to it? Well, as long as the, uh, the brand is, um, is still um, authentic mm -hmm. and still uh, purposeful and the mission is intact, yeah. then, the, then it becomes about um, style and... Yeah. And trying to ensure that the how mm -hmm. is where the concentration okay. um, is placed, not on the what. Right, right. And the, the, what you're talking about, uh, the, the refresh on the how side, okay. is the why are we doing it this way question. Right. So, and, and uh, we've talked about that before, that the uh, policies and practices, you know, are put in place for really good reasons. Mm -hmm. They're the guide rails, you know, right. that give us a safe and secure environment to know how to act and mm -hmm. behave and proceed. But they're not static. And so oftentimes organizations and people 
protect them as rigid right. forever things. And those policies and practices need updating, refreshing. Yeah. And similarly, our policies and practices as leaders need that same sort of examination of, of a refresh. Mm-hmm. What, what used to be okay for, um, for how you approached you know, a, an employee when you were the same age maybe needs a little look right. to think about uh, the wants, needs, and expectations of a younger generation right. who um, is less interested in a lot of words and a lot more interested maybe in, in more um, a digital communication versus right. the print. Uh, maybe you become more of a hybrid you know, leader mm-hmm. than um, a rigid one-size-fits-all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been touching on this, the, this question of why, but it, it, it's really a tool of, of being active, of being intentional. Um, it's hard to be passive and, and be asking why. It, it really <laughs> embodies being intentional. It, in, it embodies doing something and being active. And uh, not too long ago, I have a couple of these stories of pulling weeds with my my son uh, Mateo. He's he's only four. He's almost five. But we were we were out pulling weeds, and uh, I told him, you know, how to do it. It's like, hey, you got to get to really kind of the base of it so you can get the whole root out. And he was doing that, but there was some bigger weeds in there that you just can't pull out just from yanking at the top, and you have to get into the soil. And he was getting frustrated because he couldn't get them out, and so he stopped pulling them. He just would leave them there. <laughs> Let me do it. And uh, and it took me a second to realize that I had this tool that I was using to get to it, which was a shovel to get all the way down. And uh, and he was stuck using his hands. And and so what I'm thinking of with this with this story is, is that oftentimes I feel like perhaps leaders and people in general, we don't know what the tool is. Like, what is the shovel that's going to help us get deeper? What is the shovel that's going to help us be intentional? You know, because we can think about being intentional all day, but until we do it, then until we're actively doing it, it doesn't matter. And and so what I like about the question of why and how I see it relates to our curriculum is it is our shovel. You know, Uh, if we want to cultivate our soil, we want to dig deeper. We want to be, you know, break up the soils we use and, and, and be accountable and change and see people and deeply see, understand our purpose, understand our why. We need to be asking why. And it starts with ourselves. Why? Why do I do this? Why do I care about this? Why do other people do this? Why are people not walking into our building? You know, what is it? What are they looking at on the door? We should go find out. And this curiosity that's both a literal thing we can ask, which is why, but also the embodiment of it is probably what I'm learning from this conversation is, is one of the most helpful tools that we can have uh, as a leader to, to be intentional and to be active. Uh, and not to be afraid to ask why. I think... Um, because leadership really involves care, courage. Yeah. So sometimes as leaders, we're really afraid to ask why, mm-hmm. because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to expose ourselves. Yeah. Um, we don't want to feel like we're, we're leading inadequately, if you will. So this notion of humility is really important, mm-hmm. but I think this is a powerful question. I love the shovel analogy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think leaders leaders need to get really comfortable um, with not knowing, like you said earlier, okay, and asking why and starting with themselves first. Well, being comfortable 
um, in the reverse. So mm-hmm. asking why yourself, but also being comfortable being asked why. Yeah, that that's okay. And and we've talked about the um, helping people get comfortable. There are ways that you can help mm-hmm. create an environment where where it's um, it's okay to ask why by asking the why question. You yeah. know, uh, for them, by modeling yes. how that works. Mm-hmm. Do you understand all of the steps that will be necessary to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, do you understand, you know, the timeline and why it's that way? Do you understand your role in this mm-hmm. project? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and and pretty soon, uh, clarity emerges. Yeah, it it's a great outcome. Um, not certainty, but mm-hmm. clarity. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this idea of of uh, a fear too when we were doing that filming this morning, and how why it's it one one hand it's scary to ask why, mm-hmm. but also in asking why disarms the fear because mm-hmm. because you start to uncover it's you know when I was a kid I was very afraid of the dark and my and my my four older siblings never let me live it down <laughs> they would constantly. <laughs> You know, tell me, hey, Chris, go grab something in, in the storage room downstairs. And then I'd go in there, door would be shut, lights would be off. And I'd be terrified. But anybody that's afraid of the dark knows that if you just, it, it, you're afraid of the unknown. You don't know what's there. But if you just go look and you can turn on the lights and see what's there, there's nothing to be afraid of. And and so asking why can do the, feel the same way. It's like, I don't want to ask. I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to learn. But when you learn it, it starts to take a the boogeyman into something that's really specific. And we start to get to the, the heart of it. Like the fear with that example you shared of why are people not coming into our clinic? Right. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to find out why, because what if we've done something completely wrong? But because they were curious, because they wanted to get, they were willing to ask why they found out it was a, it was a pet sign, uh, which is so specific. And, and, and it's not always going to be so simple, such a simple fix, but at least it gets rid of the fear of not knowing what it is and the fear of, of understanding. And I think that's just a, such a, an important element to consider is it's going to be scary to ask why, but there's the paradox. When you ask why, fear starts to disarm itself. Right. Yeah. As leaders, you know, part of leadership is creating a safe and secure space for questions, for um, everybody to feel safe and secure and not just a few. Uh, it, it really is, I think, an essential uh, part of, of leadership is, is creating that safe and secure space that removes the fear mm-hmm. of asking. That removes the con- the fear of consequence, also. So not just a few people get to be okay with co- approaching and asking and learning. It's okay for everybody. Do you have um, as we're we got to kind of wrap up in the next five or ten minutes? But I'm curious if you have an example of uh, of an actual brand that's out there that that embodies kind of what we've been talking about. Uh, and, and then a leader that you've come across in, in your time that was, that was that way as well, that their leadership brand kind of embodied these, these elements that we're talking about. I do have, um, uh, I've worked, I've been very fortunate to work for some, you know, exemplary, uh, leaders who, who, you know, modeled this kind of intentional behavior and that, that I, I was just always in awe of how clear they were about who they are and 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 the genuineness of it and and it was really a pleasure to work with someone like that who I always felt comfortable uh challenging always felt it was a okay to ask why 
and that there was always a safe and secure space in our working environment for everybody to have a role and to participate in decision-making and uh, feel valued and, um, uh, and for the company as a whole uh, to be uh, clear always about what was going on and what your role and purpose was and, uh, and your part in it. And, and I think that really instilled, uh, at least in me, you know, a great example to try to model for myself going forward. Um, I don't have quite the, the gravitas uh, of, of that person um, who really was, you know, one of the uh, pillars, but such a great example. And it was such a privilege to work in that kind of an environment. Uh, it sort of spoils you for the, uh, you know, for the, for the change uh, that usually is inevitable um, yes. to come as you move on. But it was just such a clear um, uh, a privilege uh, to have that experience. Now, for the companies, I mean, I think we can all think of companies that are uh, clear and consistent. And, I'm, and in the presentation, I talk about a few of them. Um, but each one seems to have its own space for, you know, um, uh, exemplifying a certain aspect of brand and, uh, and their brand promise. And one of them that I talk about is uh, Legos which, you know, um, still make Legos in the exact same way they've made them mm -hmm. since the 1950s. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so here's what you get as a result. Every Lego is, um, a, has a mold number, and they use that exact number to make today's Legos. And so consequently, if you buy a Legos today, no matter what, and you have that old 1950s Lego box, they still snap squarely into place and work just mm -hmm. the same. And boy, talk about um, consistency mm -hmm. and um, promise that um, that we are what we are and we'll consistently yeah. be that and you can count on us. Yeah, that's powerful. Really yeah. powerful. Yeah. And what would be, you know, in, in closing, what would be your advice to, to us? You know, we're Groundworks couple, three years old. Um, we plan to be around for a long time. We're not a business. We're not trying to make a profit. We're not trying to make money. We're really, it's part of our philanthropic, you know, giving to our community because of our wonderful benefactor, who's an individual like you just described. I mean, he's very, I know that. he has a brand mm -hmm. and he yep. doesn't ever waver from it. Boy. And it's inspiring and, and just comforting to be a part of. But we have groundwork. We, we, we have this brand that we're trying to create. What would be your advice to us to, to ensure that, that, you know, alumni that are finishing this year are, are having a similar experience and can connect with alumni that are finishing in 10 years from now. I think, I think you're doing it, really. You're, you're working on the brand principles. You're open to um, making them uh, the best that they can be. They're getting stronger and the program that um, that you're offering is adding new elements and um, and new speakers and new points of view continuously. You're you're in a constant state of refresh, which is uh, admirable. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can keep that up, you know, throughout, um, which will which will be fantastic. Then I think your your brand purpose will remain intact your brand will be strong yeah mm -hmm. 
Now that's helpful to hear. Salam, any last thoughts or questions? I just, um, I'm delighted we can do this in person. Uh, Chris and I really enjoyed the first episode that we did uh, with UK. And I'm just really thrilled we can do this in person. Uh, lots of great insights here. Even somebody like me that's been around for a long time, I've been in different roles and organizations. There's so many takeaways. And um, to me, it sounds like you really can't have a brand without intentionality. So this idea of being very intentional, being active, if you will, uh, is so critical to, first of all, getting to know who you are, what's your why, in order for you to develop your brand. And, um, and brand is not a transactional uh, component of who you are. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. It has to be tangible, not just for yourself, but others. This, this is I could sit here and talk about this all day long. And, and it's, it's, it's just it's, incredible. It's inevitable. Like, like yeah. Kay mentioned at the beginning, we, mm-hmm. it's gonna, we have a brand, whether we like it or not. That's right. So what do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts with the, with the shovel. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. It starts with the shovel, which is your why, you know, digging deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, you know, all elements we we're trying to, uh, you know, help leaders get to in yeah. our curriculum and, and K people like you're so wonderful helping us refine yes. and refine our thinking mm-hmm. around the framework because this has been a gift to us in, in my opinion. Um, I've had a couple of epiphanies this morning because you've caused me to ask why uh, yeah. in myself and and as as our our, our organization grows. But, but yeah, just thank you mm-hmm. so much. And I like to ask questions at the end for our audience to consider and and uh, there's some obvious ones. What's your leadership brand? Uh, and are you passive about it or active about it? Uh, are you being intentional? Uh, are we asking why? Not just literally asking why, but are we in the embodiment of, of why? Mm-hmm. Are we okay with why being asked of us? Are we comfortable asking it ourselves? I think there's, like Salam said, so much to consider. So I would invite any listeners, you know, returning or new to, to consider these things. I think they're so important. We don't even have to be a leader or in a leadership position for these these things to 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 be impactful because even if I'm not a leader, people feel a certain way when I leave the room. Yes, and I don't have to have the title, I don't have to be a leader, but my brand is is impacting people, and I'm either aware of it or I'm not. So I think that that's such a a key thing to to be considering. Mm-hmm. Um, but in closing, Kay, what what do you have? Kind of final final statements. What are your final thoughts for us? <laughs> Well, it's a pleasure to be here always, and um, I'm most appreciative of the opportunity. I think the final thought I would leave folks with is to be intentional, and um, and to and to um, work on your uh, brand, your leadership brand, and uh, you you will find yourself uh, becoming much more effective, and your brand promise will be much more fulfilled. Yeah. Love that. I think being intentional can lead you to amazing things. It certainly has for us. Our leader mm-hmm. is is cares and his why is in his community and in people. Talk about intentional. Yeah, yes. and in leaders. Yep. And you know what that brought us to? Creating groundwork. Yes. <laughs> it led us to this because we his effort in being intentional. And so we I'm blessed by it and we're blessed by it and yes. we're just so grateful for this opportunity and all that it's it's allowing for us uh, in terms of building relationships, engaging in our community. But again, thank you for being with us. Thanks for being on the show. Salam, thanks for joining us as thank co-host you. today as always. And 
Thank you to all you listeners, uh, new and returning. Uh, we hope you keep listening and, and enjoy our, our content and our conversations. Until then, be safe and take care.